How often have we prayed to God for the healing of a friend or family member and we, we keep going for a few days or even a few months, but then eventually when nothing miraculous has happened, we just kind of look up to heaven and say, well, thanks for nothing, God. Or, or we even look at ourselves and say, well, I didn't deserve to have that prayer answered anyway. Um, and then we continue about our lives. And I think sometimes we do this because we don't actually believe that our prayers have any real effect. Our faith just isn't strong enough to think that God is hearing our prayers. And I think sometimes we probably just do it because we want an excuse to complain about injustice. Uh, but not, not all of us fall into this trap. So I, I want to give an example of a great saint, St. Monica, as our model. She was the wife of uh, Patricius, who, she was a Christian, this is the 4th century, she was a Christian and, and he was a pagan. And her son was Augustine, soon to be the great Saint Augustine. Um, but, but he wasn't in his early years. And, and she had a very difficult life um, trying to deal with this. Uh, when she would return home from caring for the poor or from prayer, her husband would criticize her for her, her piety and her care for those who didn't matter. Um, and her mother-in-law who lived with her would, would, would be angry at her for neglecting her duties as a wife. And Augustine was kind of nowhere to be seen because he was busy kind of pursuing a life in the Roman Senate, seeing what opportunities he, he had for success. Um, but the whole time, St. Monica prayed. She prayed for her husband and for her son. And she won the day eventually. Uh, her husband came first to the faith. One year before he died, he was baptized. And St. Augustine took much longer to come around. And in her frustration, at one point, she went to her local bishop and repeatedly kept bothering him to do something about this, to talk to Augustine, to do something. And eventually he just said, go, I beg you, just, just please leave. Uh, it's not possible that the son of so many tears should perish. Basically telling her that her prayers will have effect in the end. They will win him. And St. Augustine in 387 was baptized and went on to be one of the greatest saints in the history of the church and, in my opinion, and many others' opinion, the greatest theologian in the whole history of the church. Uh, I think St. Monica and the Canaanite woman in today's gospel kind of teach us the same spiritual lesson. And I think we should take a closer look at the gospel today to learn that we are to Pursue God's mercy with a kind of reckless abandon. Um, first, we notice that this woman is a pagan. She's not Jewish. She's a Canaanite, actually. And if you know anything about the history of Israel, you know that the Canaanites and the Jewish people were great enemies. Uh, for most of their history, they were always fighting over, over the land. And we're not told exactly why Jesus had such a pro profound impact on her, but regardless, she decides to kind of she begins to call out after him. And, and it says in the gospel, mysteriously, that he did not answer her a single word. Jesus was silent. She's crying out after him and he's silent. And one of my favorite commentators on the scriptures comments on this and says, God's silence as the sole reply to an impassioned prayer 
is perhaps the most mysterious and trying aspect of the life of faith. So how, how could Jesus be silent in the face of this plea? How could God be silent in the face of our pleas, of our petitions? That's the real question we ask in our heart. And perhaps, perhaps it's because God's plan is, is kind of so big and intricate that our little, little petitions just don't really fit into his plan. Or perhaps, uh, as I said in the beginning, it's our own feeling that, that we're just inadequate, that we're sinners, and that God really doesn't owe us anything. So why, why would he answer our prayers? That's really the question. So I think even further... Uh, there's kind of this natural cynic in all of us that we need to face. So, a little story. One of my favorite uh, contributors to the food blog, Epicurious, which is kind of my favorite food blog, uh, was he was the chef in the restaurant on the top floor of the South Tower from 1998 to 2001. And on 9-11, he was going back to his restaurant, but he had to stop in the lobby on the, on the bottom floor and fix his glasses. And he was still down there fixing his glasses when the plane struck the tower. And because of that, he survived. He was able to escape. And so if his sweet old aunt approached you and told you, you know, I pray for Mikey every day, and God in his divine providence, you know, intervened to save Mike that day, on the day of 9-11, I think the first question out of many of our mouths would be, well, what about the other 3,000 people? Did God not intervene for them? Were they, was no one praying for them? Were their prayers not good enough? And so, I think, in the face of how our prayers interact with, with God's providence, we, we need to kind of confront the cynicism that, that's come upon us and actually grapple with what, what divine providence looks like in the face of our prayers. How do our prayers affect God's plan? I think in an attempt to kind of approach this question, maybe not give an adequate answer, but at least approach it, we return to the gospel, to this Canaanite woman, who faces the silence of Jesus in the face of her calling out. And regardless of what's going on in her mind and her heart in this silence, she refuses to give up, and instead she uh, goes before Jesus and does him homage. And doing homage basically means that you kind of kneel in front of the person and bow down to their feet. Uh, you kind of make yourself humble before them. And she simply says, Lord, help me. And Jesus' answer here is kind of the, the most shocking part of today's gospel. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. So how could he possibly say this to a, a woman who has knelt before him, petitioning him to heal her daughter? And his words are mysterious, but what they provoke in the woman is, her answer is kind of this profound lesson that we learn today. She says, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their Lord's table. And this is what we learn. This woman knows precisely her position before God. She knows that she can't demand anything from Jesus. She's not Jewish. She has no way to repay him. She has no leverage at all. But she embraces this identity, in a sense, as a little dog, in order that she can plead for mercy. She calls upon his mercy, not justice. And I think this scene kind of depicts our own poverty before God. 
We can't demand anything of God. He created us. He gives us everything that we have. But we don't need to demand anything out of justice because we have a God who wants to give us everything from his mercy. Everything that he gives is a gift, and he wants to lavish gifts upon us. So why is he silent in our prayer? Because he's reminding us of our humility before him. In a sense, we need to be kind of brought low as that woman was brought low. St. Claude tells us um, that each refusal that we meet in prayer is God's strategy to increase our fervor. So the more he seems to be unwilling to answer our prayers, that's precisely when we need to insist more that he answer them. That's God's plan for us. And we have no worries here, because if we, were, if we demand something from God that's not good for us, but we do it humbly and with an open heart, then he will guide us to that right petition. And he will let us know why he's not going to answer the petition that we asked for. So keep demanding. Um, by the end of this gospel, we see that our petitions aren't about kind of accomplishing things on the earth. Um, that's, not, that's not the real goal of our petitions. The goal is salvation. By the end of the gospel, it seems almost as if the healing of her daughter was kind of secondary to what was really going on. This woman was kind of searching for salvation. She was grappling with God. She had really entered into a kind of mysterious and rugged relationship with Jesus. And it changed her heart. And so this is what we're called to. This is what St. Monica lived as our model, who never wavered in her prayer, and eventually won for her son and for her husband salvation. And so we follow the example of these holy women, um, and we never waver in our spiritual battle, and never, never think that anything is a lost cause. And, and when God is silent in your prayer, take that as an invitation to enter ever deeper and more fervently into that prayer. And Because we know we're unworthy in the end. We all know we're unworthy of God hearing our prayers. But we don't look to our own worthiness for our salvation. We look to God's promises. And God promised us happiness in this life and eternal life in the world to come. And so we have every right to demand that he fulfill his promise to us. And why would we not? Because that is the goal. Happiness now and salvation and eternal life.